We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so we are studying Surah 109, which is Surah Al Kafirun. Okay, uh, far away. Okay. Um, so the first thing was that it was revealed in Mecca. Um, and I was wondering if you could explain that concept to me again, because I have like a general grasp of it. But... Yeah. So, so there's numbers of ways in which surahs are categorized according to when they were revealed. And, and so what is the most common is Madani or Makki. Madani meaning in the Medina phase. Makki is the Makkah phase. There's others like was the prophet peace on awake or was he asleep when he received the revelation? Was he at home or was he traveling? Was it the nighttime? Was it the daytime? All kinds of different categorizations, but the most common is Madani or Makki. And the, the delineation is, was it before or after Hijra? So it's not related to where was he physically, but where is it in relationship to Hijra? And so prior to Hijra, the first 13 years, the Prophet peace upon him was in Mecca. And the dominant uh, religious life there was idol worshipers. And there was no in worldly incentive to become Muslim because you'd be persecuted, you'd be tortured, you'd be outcasted from your family. And so if someone was becoming Muslim, they really wanted it. Mm -hmm. And after Hijra, now the Prophet peace is the leader of the society. And so there were all kinds of worldly incentives to become Muslim. So you had the increase of hypocrites, people who are becoming Muslim officially, but they're doing it for some worldly gain, like to help their business or because they want to marry somebody. And then um, also then you had the larger population of Jewish tribes there too. And so then they're also being addressed and such. Okay. And so, yeah, uh, Surah Al-Kafirun is being revealed almost at the very end of the Prophet's life in Mecca, yeah. just before the Hijra. So up to this point, he wasn't calling them Kafirun. You know, it was like they were his people. He kept calling them, he kept calling them, and then reached the point where he's called everyone, and they've said no. And so now yeah. you are Kafirs. So that's a pretty good segue, actually, because the next of Surah was talking about the purpose of the Surah. So um, a literal translation would reveal that it's addressing all disbelievers, but it was specifically um, like revealed to the Prophet in response to the uh, bargain that the Quraysh tribe tried to strike. So what they were saying was that if um, Muhammad al-Islam was to worship their idols for a year, they would worship um, Allah and follow Islam for a year. And so um, right after they presented this type of, um, I suppose, agreement with him, um, Allah Ta'ala revealed the surah to um, Muhammad al-Islam as a response in which he was condemning and disavowing all the deeds of the idolaters. And so the entire surah is just a series of delineating where they're like, you can stay to your deeds, you can stay to your religion, we'll stay to our deeds and our religion. Mm -hmm. And sort of just making that distinction. And um, to me, I sort of took that as, you really don't need to do what we're asking you to, you can just continue to do what we're do what you're doing, but we're also gonna continue to do what we're doing. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and I think that that was the entirety of the tafsir on it. Mm -hmm. Let's see if there's any other key points here. Um, yeah, when we get into the actual text, so like the surah itself, let me pull up the whole surah. Mm -hmm. Though the prophet peace be upon him is being told, say, so pull, say, Ya ayyuhal kafirun, O you who, who have rejected faith. Um, 
So, so I don't worship what you worship. That's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And you don't worship what I worship. And then nor am I ever going to worship whatever you worship. And then in this context, nor will you ever worship what I worship, mm-hmm. or you don't worship what I worship. And so so the prophet's basically saying, sort of like he said, all right, you have your way, I have my way. I'm never going to worship what you worship. Yes. But you still worship what you worship. And, and But you don't worship what I worship. So he's also making it clear, okay, these are two different paths. It's not something that's simple where we can do your thing one year and then my thing another year. That's making a joke out of everything. Yeah. Because right? here we're talking about worship. And so, yeah. And so it's basically like saying... He's reached the point uh, after 13 years of preaching day after day after day mm-hmm. where there's nothing else that he can say to them. He, you know, they already know him. And so they've known him to be ultra honest. They're recognizing that the Quran could not have come by a human being. Mm-hmm. And still, uh, and on top of that, they, they're they so resistant to this message that they're willing to even torture the people and and so, so it's like the prophet is saying, okay, I, I have nothing else to say to you. Yeah. I have said everything that can be said. And so this is also a lesson that sometimes when you're working with someone, you reach a point where you're, where you're out of options. Like there's nothing else I can say to you. Like, even like sometimes when students visit me, you know, most students will listen and, you know, or will listen to their capacity. Some fall short, but then some, you know, but then they'll probably again later on. And a lot of those students, usually they're older where no matter how many things I try, it's nothing is of benefit. They just don't do anything I ask them to do. And I have to make the point to them, okay, I'm out of options. I got nothing else for you. Yeah. That is not as severe, of course, as what's being said here. But this is a statement on, on how human nature operates that at some point you just have to, if they want to choose to be a train wreck, you have to let them do, choose to be a train wreck. This is the ultimate type of train wreck because you're just refusing guidance Mm-hmm. But not only refusing guidance, it's it's the prophet was actually calling them back to their original religion, because their original religion was the monotheism of Ibrahim right? Because he built the Kaaba, right. and or rebuilt the Kaaba, and then, um, and so, uh, and what is the prophet calling them to? He's just calling them to be honest and right. then get rid of your gods. And if they're willing to cut a deal, we'll worship our gods one year and your god another year. Okay, that obviously means they don't take their own gods very seriously. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's actually calling them to anything difficult for them. Mm-hmm. But at the core of his message, what is really striking them, if they're saying, well, you know, we'll do our gods one year, our year god next year, what's really preventing them from believing is because they don't want to lose their social status. Mm-hmm. They don't even care about their beliefs. They just yeah. don't want to lose their social status. And yeah. And so it's strange the, the things people are willing to, to give up or to hold on to that are sometimes meaningless. It's easier to conform than to follow change, even if it is better. Oh, totally. Absolutely. You know. Cool. Any other thoughts or questions or anything? No, not with the surah. Okay, cool. So then next time we will do sewer number 108. Okay. Should I do more than one since these are sort of short? If you'd like. I mean, it's basically up to you. 
Okay. You know, if you have school time, then focus on school. Like if you have classwork, focus on classwork. If okay. you have free time and the curiosity, then do more. Okay. You just keep working your way backwards, inshallah. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Nothing else? Nope. Now on my end. Inshallah. Okay. Subhanakallah. Bihamdika. Nashadu illa ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka. Wa natubi All right. May Allah reward you and have a good rest of your vacation, inshallah. Thank you. Khalafis.